Chapter Fifty of California Sketches by Oscar Penn Fitzgerald. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifty. Doctor Eleazar Thomas. You and I are newcomers to California, and having had no part in the strifes in which some of our brethren have been engaged, we will act as peacemakers and keep these belligerents quiet this was the half-playful remark of dr eleazar thomas one of a group of preachers sitting in the parlor of the then editor of the california christian advocate the rev s d simons in the spring of eighteen fifty five we had taken tea together and were engaged in free and easy conversation in the editor's cottage high up on clay street hill the speaker like myself had just arrived in california in the capacity of a methodist preacher he from the north and i from the south he was a man of pleasing and commanding presence tall ruddy complexioned with blue eyes and lightish hair with deliberate and distinct enunciation and a winning manner take the best points of a presbyterian preacher of the best class and the best points of a methodist preacher of the best class and the combined result would be just such a man as he appeared to me that evening and now after the lapse of twenty-four years this description seems to suit him still subsequent events recall to my mind the remark i have quoted but with widely different feelings at different times he became the editor of the northern methodist and i of the southern methodist organ in san francisco the california christian advocate and the pacific methodist were like batteries planted on mount ebal and mount gerizim respectively waking the echoes by their cannonading in many an editorial duel the war drove us farther and still farther apart in opinion but every time we met we drew closer to each other in personal attachment in those unhappy days many a friendship was hopelessly wrecked by differences of political opinions a fact which shows how ardent were the convictions on both sides and explains the fact of a five years deadly conflict between men speaking the same language reading the same bible praying to the same god reared under the same constitution and cherishing the same historic memories both sides were in earnest and it was their sad fate to be compelled to fight out a quarrel bequeathed to them by their glorious but fallible ancestors the seeds of the civil war of eighteen sixty one were sown in the very compromises of the constitution of seventeen eighty three at the white heat of the struggle my brother editor wrote things that amazed and angered me perhaps if he were speaking now he would say the same of me but his mind was naturally conservative and philosophic and long before the fall of the curtain at appomattox he had reacted recovering the tone of moderation and magnanimity of spirit that were natural to him one day just after the close of the war we met on a street corner he expressed great satisfaction that the effusion of blood had ceased paid a glowing tribute to the courage of the vanquished party and the greatness of lee and then added thoughtfully but you may see which side god was on by the result that will not do i answered if the triumph of brute force is to be taken as evidence of the divine approval you will have to unread the larger part of history 
on that principle those that crucified jesus were right and he was wrong the mob was right and stephen was wrong rome was right and the victims she ground under her iron heel were wrong austria was right and hungary was wrong russia was right and poor poland was wrong as i read history it teaches that the right has usually been advanced not by its triumphs on the bloody field but by the sublime fortitude of its adherents under defeat and in the midst of suffering and sorrow if i were to presume to interpret the providence of god and to infer what are his designs a different conclusion might be reached a strong nation conquers the weak nation the able-bodied ruffian flogs the feeble-bodied saint three men in the wrong will in an appeal to brute force be more than a match for one in the right that is the usual course of events now and then god makes bare his arm in such a way as to show that the race is not always to the swift nor the battle to the strong god may have been on the winning side in the late war as you say but it will not do for a christian man to assume that he is always on the side that prevails on the bloody field that would be making him particeps criminis with every tyrant that has scourged the earth well we can at least agree in the hope and prayer that he will overrule all for the good of all in our land and that with peace may come mutual forgiveness and universal prosperity yes i can unite heartily with you in that hope and prayer give me your hand he said impulsively henceforward we must all stand together and make the best of the new conditions which have arisen he stood to that pledge meaning what he said we met frequently and i always felt that my spirit was sweetened and my horizon broadened by intercourse with this strong thinker who had cast aside the straitjacket of provincialism and bigotry and whose own vision had a widening range agreeing in spirit our very differences of opinion enhanced the charm of his society and the relish of his conversation this man was the type of an immense class both north and south whose traditions and natural affiliations made them stubborn antagonists in war times but to whose broad patriotism conscientious conservatism and sweet christian spirit our country must look for the speedy restoration and perpetual enjoyment of the blessings and benefits of national union when as a fraternal delegate to the pacific conference with dr m c briggs as associate held at vacaville in eighteen sixty eight after his beautiful and touching address i rose and extended him my hand in token of fraternity i did so all the more cordially because i knew that behind his glowing fraternal words there was beating a warm fraternal heart the scene was dramatic but not intentionally so when as the interview proceeded the tide of good feeling rose higher and higher until sweeping away all obstructions fraternity triumphed amid a storm of amens and a shower of tears ecclesiastical prejudice and punctilio could not withstand the swelling current of love which bore that body of methodist preachers on its bosom bishop marvin was in the chair they know each other better now as they stand in the light of god 
when dr thomas was appointed by the president of the united states a peace commissioner to the modoc indians all californians recognized his fitness for the position if a peace policy was to be followed it was proper that a minister of the prince of peace should be called into service whether the quaker policy so called was the right one is a question concerning which the men on the border and the theorists in older communities have always differed william penn was successful in dealing with indians so were andrew jackson jack hayes and general cook but in a different way the history of the modoc war may be taken as typical of the whole history of our dealings with the indians the whites were arbitrary and the indians savage and treacherous the immediate cause of the war was the attempted forcible removal of the indians to a reservation in the fall of eighteen seventy two the modocs who had already a bad reputation resisted the small detachment of soldiers sent to remove them was attacked and after a brisk fight the modocs fled to the hills along the oregon line killing twelve or fourteen unfortunate whites on their retreat the united states soldiers sent to operate against them failed to accomplish anything farther than to get several of their number killed and scalped the indians took refuge in the lava beds a mass of volcanic rock in siskiyou county california about three miles wide and six miles long and in places rising to a considerable height these rocks are honeycombed with holes and caves affording shelter and concealment for thousands of men they are four hundred and eighty miles north of san francisco and about two hundred miles from crescent city on the extreme northern coastline of california mount shasta fourteen thousand four hundred and forty feet above the sea glacier crowned is seventy miles south captain jack chief of the modocs entrenched in this stronghold of nature defied the united states army repelling every assault shooting down the soldiers with impunity the indians became more exacting in their demands believing themselves impregnable at this juncture the four peace commissioners general canby dr thomas and dyer and meacham met a delegation of modoc warriors by invitation of captain jack who stipulated that none but the commissioners should be present and that all should be unarmed on the morning of may eleventh eighteen seventy three captain jack with four warriors issued from the lava beds and in a chosen spot met the commissioners the formalities usual on such occasions were gone through with several talks were had and the negotiations seemed to be making good progress when quick as thought the treacherous modoc chief snatched a pistol which he had concealed on his person and shouting to his men etuk etuk already sent a bullet through the head of the brave canby who fell dead two of the indians attacked dr thomas shooting and killing him on the spot where he stood meacham was wounded dyer escaped unhurt and fled to camp with the dreadful news so ended the mission of the peacemaker and so died my friend 
his body was brought to san francisco and was given such a burial as is bestowed only upon heroes and public benefactors the civil dignitaries of the state and city the officers and soldiers of the army the venerable and honored ministers of christ and a vast multitude of sorrowful men and women gathered at the sanctuary on powell street where his voice was first heard in san francisco uniting to honor a man who lived nobly and died gloriously at the post of duty to our poor human sight it seems as if in the battle that is being fought for all that is dear and distinctive in our christian civilization in california his wisdom and his valor are needed above all it would seem that his influence is needed to draw good men nearer together for the struggle in which they are all equally interested but infinite wisdom instead gave him the completed beatitude and left to us the example of the peacemaker End of chapter fifty